All right, we're going to jump into Genesis this morning, chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you can turn there, or you can look at the screen. We're going to just look at the first few verses of chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you put here with me, (laughs) she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Lord, I pray um, that you would speak to us today. Uh, We need to hear from you. Uh, We know that there are things that you want to say to us. Uh, things that you want to speak into our lives, and, and even things that you want to speak out of our lives. And so we pray that you would give us ears to hear this morning, and that you would give us hearts that are open to receive from you all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So f- this is a familiar story. This is, this is kind of you know where everything just goes horribly wrong. And up until this point, things are great. God has created. He's put Adam and Eve in the garden. They have this great place. It's a wonderful garden. It's a beautiful place. They're walking with God. They're having fellowship with the Lord. He is very near. He's very close. And things are great. And then what is referred to as the fall of man takes place. Uh, God has said, don't eat this fruit. You can have everything else. Don't eat that. So the one thing that he tells them not to do, Uh, the serpent comes and the serpent says, ah, you'll be fine. Trust me. Do this. It'll be good for you. Uh, It'll be great. You you, you know, you'll be better because of it. Just go for it. And so they do. They eat it. And 
for the first time ever in the history of creation, they feel shame. Shame had, had never been felt before. They, they feel shame, and they, and they don't quite know what to do. You, you can imagine the uncomfortableness of that moment. When for the first time, they feel the shame, and they don't even really know what it is right off. They just know it's just not good. They know they've done wrong. They know immediately, God told us not to do this. We did it. What is this horrible thing we're feeling? And then they look at each other, and they can see it. They've never seen shame, and now they're looking at it. And so they're feeling it and they're seeing it at the same time, for the first time. And, and then they hear the voice of God and they are afraid. And guess what? It's the first time they've ever felt fear. So all these things are happening and it's happening fast and they don't know what to do. So they hide. Because fear and shame always cause us to hide. Uh, we've been hiding from God ever since when we feel fear and when we feel shame. And what I want to do today is I want to walk through, there's, there's a series of questions that God asks in Genesis 3 that I think are, are questions that, that we need uh, to hear and questions that we need to, to try to answer. And so we're going to walk through these questions. The first question that God asks is, where are you? Where are you? It's an incredible question. The first thing you need to know about this question is God knows exactly where they are. When God says, where are you? He knows where they are. And if he knows the answer to the question, why does he ask the question? If God knows the answer to the question, then the only reason he, he would ask the question is if Adam and Eve don't really know the answer to the question. And so he says, where are you? Where are you? And that's the question we want to deal with this morning is, where are we? Where are you today? I want to look at this question of where are you in four different ways. Number one, where are you spiritually? Where are you spiritually? How are you connected? Terry prayed a minute ago that we want to connect with the Lord. And, and guess what? He, he wants to connect with us. That's the beauty of this relationship that we have. But the thing that we tend to do from time to time is we drift into this place of where our relationship with God is just mind and body and not spirit. God created us mind, body, and spirit. Some say mind, body, and soul. And the truth is, if our mind is, is good, we believe the right things, and our body is behaving and we're doing the right things, we have a tendency to feel like everything is okay. But the truth is, God created us for this deep, spiritual, life-giving connection with God. And we have a tendency to drift into just mind and body. I, I'm believing the right things, check. I'm doing the right things, check. And then we forget. That God has called us into a place of intimacy, a place of connection. In Ephesians, Paul says, you were once dead in your trespasses and sins. We weren't physically dead, right? God says to Adam and Eve, if you do this, you'll die. But they don't physically die, do they? So what is he talking about? There's a spiritual death that happens. 
There's a spiritual death. And, and so Paul says, you were once dead in trespasses and sins. Later on in another place, he says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will make you alive. There's a spiritual resurrection that happens when the spirit of God kisses the spirit of man and causes it to be resurrected. And you are able to relate to God, to have deep, heartfelt connection with the Lord. Adam and Eve had it. Adam and Eve lost it. And at the cross, and then through the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the earth, the connection comes back. And we have the chance, we have opportunity now to live life in connection with the Lord, mind, body, and spirit. So where are you? Are you where you want to be? Spiritually? Are you where you have been? Or are you less than you have been? Are things better now or worse? Are you believing God for more? Are you going deeper? Are you moving forward? Or are you just kind of stale and stagnant? Where are you? It's a question that you need to ask. It's a question that I need to ask. I need to ask myself. You need to ask yourself. Maybe, maybe sometimes I need to ask you, and maybe sometimes you need to ask me. Where are you? Where are you spiritually? The second place, where are you relationally? Where are you relationally? God, God has come to the garden to walk with his two favorite people. Of course, they're the only people, but they're his two favorite people. And he's come to the garden to walk with them. And he says, where are you? Because he wants to be with them. Relationally. So where are you relationally? How are things with your family? Would you say things are great with the family? Or maybe things could be better? Or things are getting worse? Or I don't even know what to say. For those of you who are married... How's, how's it going? Is married life what you thought it would be? Is married life what you want it to be? Is, is married life what God designed it to be? Where are you? Where are you relationally? How, how about with your kids, your brothers, your sisters? How's, how's the family? What about friends? Are you at odds with friends, or have you gotten sideways with somebody at work? God wants to ask, and he wants us to ask ourselves. He wants us to look in the mirror and say, where, where am I? Where am I in the relationships that God has placed in my life? Primarily, my family, my husband, my wife, my mom, my dad, my children, my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers. Where are you? A third part of this where are you question is where are you physically? Okay, now, Tom, that's enough. Don't go there. Yeah, we got to go there. Are you taking care of yourself? 
Are you taking care of yourself? Do you know why God created us so that when you work really hard, you get tired? Anybody know why? So you will rest. How many of you are resting? Or just maybe drinking another cup of coffee? So you can go harder and further and longer. God created us for rest. Are you taking care of yourself? Where are you physically? Are you sick today? Are you in need of healing today? Or are you satisfied? Do you feel good about where you are physically? Or would you say, you know, things could be better? Things could be better. You know? Right, man? <laughs> things could be better. We, you and me, we had too much barbecue. Too many ribs. Right? How, how are you doing? Are you taking care of yourself? And, and, you know, more than looking perfect. That's not what I'm talking about, really. Are you taking care of yourself physically? Are you resting? Are you living life in a rhythm? Or are you just running hard and running fast and have really no idea which way is up? Look at the life of Jesus. And I, I would say that one of the things I've noticed about his life is that he was never in a hurry. Never. Never rushed. And he seemed to nap a lot. <laughs> I'm going for that. I want to be like Jesus. I want to move slow and nap a lot. And so, there you go. Physically, are you where you want to be? And, and, and honestly, some of you today, it's not by your choice. Some of you today, you're sick. And you need healing. And you would say, Tom, my physical state right now is not what I want it to be. But, you know, I didn't do this to myself. It's not like I can just change my behavior and I'll be better. No. For some of you, you need a supernatural touch from the Lord. Physical healing. So where are you physically? And then where are you emotionally? Where are you emotionally? Are you angry? Anybody stressed? Surely not, right? There's no stress or anxiety in this room, right? Nobody feels hard-pressed, anxious. Anybody depressed? I mean, is, it, is it even okay in church to admit that I love Jesus, I'm trusting in him with everything that I have, but I'm depressed. Can, can we even do that? Some, some of us are sad. Things have happened. Some of you have lost loved ones. Some of you have had just life that just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go and, and you're disappointed. How are you? Where, where are you emotionally? Do you know that God cares about how you feel? I mean, some of us just, you know, maybe we grew up in that time where we were just told, just suck it up. Get over it. 
You know, we feel like that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're just, if we feel bad, if we're sad, we're just supposed to just suck it up and, and just keep going because, you know, this is not about how you feel, right? Because we were taught at one point in my life that feelings don't matter. Well, guess what? Feelings matter. If you feel good right now, you probably think feelings matter. And if you feel bad right now, you know feelings matter. (laughs) Feelings matter. And God cares about where you are emotionally. And if, if you're depressed, sad, angry, frustrated, disappointed, the last thing that God wants you to feel today is shame. He wants you to know that he cares and that he's looking for you. He's walking through the garden and he's calling your name and he's saying, where are you? Where are you? Because I want to fix that. I want to help you. So that was the first question. First question that God asked Adam and Eve was, Where are you? And the second question that he asked was, Who did you listen to? Who did you listen to? He, he said, You know, when, when Adam said, You know, we, we ate that fruit you told us not to eat, God says, you, You've been listening to the serpent? Who? Are you listening to? This is a great question. Because we live in a day and time where there are more voices in our ears than maybe any other time in history. Everybody has something to say, right? Everybody has something to say. And for the first time in history, every single person on the planet has a platform to say it. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, everybody has a way to say to the world what they think. There are so many voices. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Are there voices that you're listening to? Are there voices that you're paying more attention to than God's voice? Who's telling you who you are? Who's telling you whether your life is successful and productive? Who's telling you what you need? Who's telling you what you should do, what you shouldn't do? Who's helping you? Who's influencing you in the choices and the decisions that you're making? Is it the world? Or is it God? God would ask us today, who are you listening to? Are there voices that are influencing your opinions and your choices and your beliefs more than God is? And then the last question that he asks, what did you do? 
Now, again, it's just like the where are you question. He knows. He knows what they did. He looks at Eve and he says, what is this thing that you have done? Why does he do that? Is is he trying to shame her? Heavens, no. He doesn't want to shame her. But he asks the question, what have you done? Because it is incredibly important for her to say it. We don't even... We live in a world today that doesn't believe that confession is necessary because, you know, confession is only necessary if sin exists, right? And sin really doesn't exist anymore, does it? I mean, we can just decide for ourselves what's right and wrong, right? Everybody gets to decide what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's false. And something can be true for me and not true for you. It's just everybody create your own adventure, right? No, it doesn't matter what the world says or decides. Sin is still sin, and sin kills. It kills. And the reason that God asks them, what did you do? Because they need to say what they did. Not so they can feel guilty, but so they can be alive again. Sin is deadly. God does not want us to fall into the grip of this deadly thing. And so he says, tell me, tell me what you did. James, in his letter, makes a connection between confession and healing. Methodist church I grew up in, every time we took communion, we'd pray this prayer. Margaret, cover your ears. I know you don't like this prayer. We used to pray this prayer. God, forgive us of our sins and manifold wickedness. Wow, that sounds serious, doesn't it? Now we just want to say, God, forgive us for the times that we mess up. That's much easier, right? No. What we need to do, I think, is we need to take a step back and say, God, you know what? What I did was not just messing up. Forgive me for my sin and manifold wickedness. Because we don't need a smaller view of sin. We need a bigger view of God. Confession is incredibly important. Some of you need to confess things to your family. Some of you need to confess things to your friends. Some of you need to just get with the Lord and confess things to him. Because he's asking you, what have you done? What have you done? Some of you heard me tell this story before. I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. And I had been assigned through random events that I won't get into today. I'd been assigned a term paper on biblical prophecy. And in our library, there was nothing 
about biblical prophecy except the King James Bible. And sitting in a library reading this King James Bible, I, I came under conviction and I heard this voice say to me, go to the church that your parents go to, that you went to as a child. Go to that church. They have a basement library with books. You can check out books from the church library and write this paper. And I got up and I got in my car and I started driving towards my hometown. And halfway there, the same voice says to me, hey, when you get to the church, don't go to the library. Go to the pastor's office and tell him everything you've ever done. <laughs> That's when I knew I was crazy. I thought to myself, there's no way. There is no way I'm telling that man the things that I've done. He knows my grandparents. <laughs> By the time I got to the church, I had decided that's what I'm doing. I'm going to that man's office and I'm going to tell him everything I've ever done. And I walked into his office with him and we sat down and I just told him. Everything, everything I could think of. And when I finished, he looked at me and he said, is there anything else? I wanted to say, I think that's plenty. <laughs> I said, no, I really can't think of anything else. And he said, do you believe at any point in your life you were a Christian? I said, no, never. He said, what do you think would happen? you died tonight and I said I'd go straight to hell he said do you want to be a Christian I said I think I do and he prayed with me that night and, and God saved me from my sin he forgave me and he began the process of redeeming me it's still going on I don't know that any of it happens without confession. I just don't. I think we have to see who we are. I think we have to look honestly in the mirror and say, you know what? I have sins and I have manifold wickedness. I need Jesus. I can't fix this. I can't fix this, but he can. Where are you? Where are you? Who are you listening to? What have you done? Now let's pray.